Hello, and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 202. John and Wendy talk to Amber Sauer. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you tonight, John? Happy New Year, Wendy. Happy New Year. Wow. 202 in 222. 2022. A lot of twos tonight. A lot of twos. A lot of twos tonight. Speaking of twos, we want to welcome back for the second time our sponsor for this January, which is the Bowling Green State University Graduate Programs in Organization Development and Change. I'll let you say that whole thing, but thank you, (laughs) BGSU, for coming back and working with us. We had a blast last year, and I have no qualms that this year will be any different. We really do appreciate Tom Daniels and everybody there as part of the BGSU program for taking part again. We will be doing a special episode where you're going to get to talk to one of their graduates, which Mm -hmm. I think will be a lot of fun. Yes. And Tom will be taking part in that as well. Check out that episode later this month. Really excited to welcome BGSU back to the sponsorship fold. Mm -hmm. And yeah, like I said, just a great way to start the year. Yeah. Tonight's guest I'm also really excited (laughs) about because... When I first talked to Amber a little while back, I said, I feel like I've known you forever and we've never actually spoken. And that bummed me out. So we had to fix that. Really thrilled she's able to join us. Let's make the introduction and get started. Amber is one of those people. I feel like we've known her forever. Amber, so excited to welcome you. She is an L&D leader whose passion is starting up the L&D function for small to medium-sized businesses. She's a bookworm and mom's a lot of things. Two kids, two cats, and a whole lot of plants. So we have a nice two theme going on today. That's great. Thank you, Amber, for continuing that theme for us. First question, as always, what is in your glass? Hi. Well, thanks for having me, John and Wendy. So tonight, I'm very excited. It's a wintry night, so I have my um, Mary Poppins mug, Ah. and I have dark hot chocolate with a shot of Jameson in it. Oh, that sounds really good. That sounds really, really good. I might have to do the same after we're done here. (laughs) See, Amber, you already started. You started off on a high note with Wendy. So you're ready to go. We're all good. Ready to go. (laughs) Amber, you know, we always ask kind of how you start on this path. So how did you first get into HR and then move into this focus with learning and development? So uh, there were two kind of turning events, two kind of events that led me down this path. When I got into college, I actually am one of those weird people that I knew I wanted to major in HR. I feel like everybody else comes at it from something else. And I'm like, no, I knew this is what I wanted to do. And um, I took my first HR class and was like, sold. We're doing this. Nice. And so my first couple of jobs out of undergrad, I was actually an HR generalist. And in my first role... I was just noticing some skill deficiencies, some skill gaps, and just suggested, hey, why don't I create some learning around this? They were like, yeah, whatever, okay. Um, And it went really well, and they were like, do you want to do more of this? And I said, yes, please. And then in my second role, I was an HR generalist as well. And about five months after I joined, it was for a large residential products manufacturer, and um, I had gone to a plant to help our EHS manager with a big safety training. Um, all 150 people in the plant were going, and he didn't show up. And so my boss was <laughs> like, Guess you're doing the training. And I was like, uh, Cool, cool, cool. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and it was one of the best experiences of my life. Like, one of the participants came up to me 
P.S. I was one of nine women in a 2000 person company, oh, wow. three, right? And this participant came up to me and he was like, you know, that actually wasn't horrible. <laughs> and my boss, her fate, my boss, like her face was just like, you won the lottery. Like they never say this. That is high praise right there. So I was sold after that. <laughs> So I just intentionally kept, you know, getting into L&D roles after that. In every role I've been in, I've been the first person in that role and then starting up that function. And so I've been really intentional around that. I love it. I love the creativity. I love the ambiguity. I just love all of that. So I continued and then got my master's in L&D as well. And at some point in there, People started coming to me saying like, oh, I want, you know, this training. I want communications training for my group. I think every HR person's heard that. And in further investigation, I was like, this is actually a process problem (laughs) or a culture problem or a leadership problem. And that's actually how my role expanded or my career expanded into OD as well. We're all resonating with all everything that you're saying there. It's communication. It's communication. Maybe not. (laughs) The data doesn't say that. (laughs) Yeah. Amber, you've been doing this for a while. How have you seen L&D change during your career? What surprised you and what are you excited about for the future? L&D has changed a lot. I've been in L&D for 20 years. When I started, it was like, woo, computer-based training with (laughs) CEO is amazing. And so it has changed leaps and bounds. And I'm so excited to see that change with e-learning and micro-learning and things like that, because all that does is it opens up the access. Everybody now can access that learning whenever they need it on the job. And we as L&D or managers don't have to be gatekeepers for that. And I I just love that. I want to get rid of all the gatekeeping around learning. So I'm so excited excited about that. And I think what's around the corner is really, and something that I'm really passionate about is really integrated learning. We're not taking you out of the work flow in order for you to learn something. You can learn what you need to learn exactly when you need to learn it as you're doing that job. And I think what that's going to do is again, remove the rest of the gatekeepers. And I think that that's also going to make people really love learning and want to learn because adults need to have a reason to learn by doing it in the moment, doing it in the flow of work. We're giving it exactly what you need when you need it. That's what I think is is next. I love that. I think that's every hiring manager's biggest complaint about learning and training is now I got to take them out of the, you know, the lineup for X amount of time so they can do this learning. Excited to see where that goes. Yeah, me too. I love it. AI is a big way to do that. Yeah. We shouldn't be scared of AI. HR, stop being scared of AI. We can use it. We can. We just need to use it properly. It's fun fun stuff. We need to do it. (laughs) Amber, can you talk a bit more to that? We've talked AI here a little bit, Mm. particularly more when it comes to recruiting, sourcing, that kind of piece of it. Can you talk to what you're seeing in terms of the implications and application from an L&D perspective? Yeah, absolutely. So there's programs um, that that sit on top of certain work processes, like sit in Salesforce, sit in, you know, other kind of SaaS programming. All they need to do is click a button and it's not, it's uh, very integrated into the task. 
the uh, the bot or the software will understand what they're doing on the screen. So it's not like a clippy moment where clippy you know, <laughs> is like, hey, let me interrupt your work. What are you doing? But it will actually show up on the screen for them. And so I've implemented that, especially for like call centers, for software developers, you know, as they're in a sprint, things can come up. And the other place where I found that really helpful is in um, new hire onboarding, where we can deploy a bot to do kind of reminders like, hey, how are you? How are you feeling? How are you integrating? Or we can say like, hey, remember that paperwork? Do you need help with that paperwork? And it's much less intrusive. And it's also kind of offloading um, some of that minutia for HR. And it's a central data collection, right? So you can get a little bit better feel for your new hire's experience when you're using that kind of technology. So I really love that. The last thing that I'll mention there is um, AI as relates to corporate policies for managers. And so I've actually had, it's great working in tech because I have software developers like at my fingertips. And um, I have had people actually develop AI for me and actually apps for me where a manager, as they're in a conversation with somebody and somebody's asking about a certain policy, they don't have to go to the intranet and then click the 27 buttons and then go into the employee handbook, right? All they do is talk into the phone, into their phone, and it pops up with what, what is this policy? So I can tell my employee right then what they want to know. Very cool. That is so cool. <laughs> so those are just some examples, but they're things that are relatively easy to implement. Amber, one of the things that we talked about that was really interesting and exciting, and I mentioned it to Wendy as well, is that you've been involved in launching some internal corporate podcasts, which we are certainly passionate about. I, I think you're the first person, though, we've had on the show that's done that. And hoping yeah. you can talk a little bit about what led you to start those how they work, and then any advice that you may give to our listeners that are considering something like that for their organizations. Well, and I'll tell you what, I'm so excited to learn about Squadcast because it's like, I've never heard it before. And I was just like, oh, I get to you. I'm going to use it. <laughs> I, in my last two roles, I've actually deployed um, employee podcasts, internal podcasts, and they were really related to a couple of things, um, really integrating career paths as an organization grows, right, this is not necessarily for like the IBMs of the world, but especially as a small to medium sized business grows, especially if it's growing quickly, not everybody knows each other anymore. Not everybody knows like what is the next step in my career anymore. And careers are so much more like a spider web than they are a ladder that they're like, well, what are all of my options? And the, and their manager's like, I mean, I don't know, I've worked in this for 20 years. So <laughs> I really started them as a way to educate people on, here are the careers available at our organization. Here are the people that you can, you know, and I would interview the person currently doing that work. So they have somebody to go network with internally. So we're building that internal network. And then finally, something that a lot of small to mid-sized businesses struggle with, especially as they're just starting an L&D program, is that every organization I've worked with, they've started out with a major problem that training and learning is punitive. Hmm. There's a real yeah. conception that it's a, it's a punitive thing. And that's only because they haven't really done it intentionally. And so this is also a way 
you know, as part of that conversation, we talk about, you know, how did you get here? What did you have to learn? How did you learn that? And it's like, and then it gets to be more of like, oh, that's, it's a positive thing. They're hearing about learning in a positive way. Those are kind of the three interlocking reasons why I started the podcast. It's actually worked out really well. And I was telling, I think John, I was telling you that they had a really, there was a, there was an unintended side benefit of doing that is, you know, if I have a neighbor who wants to know about, Hey, do you, I'm really interested in a project management role. Can you tell me about that at your organization? I mean, I'm LD. I'm like, I mean, it's called a project manager. Like that's what I know. <laughs> and so what they would do is the, is the employees would actually send the podcast episode to their friend. And so we were getting people externally coming in saying, oh, I heard about this. It sounded really cool on the podcast. And I was like, oh, what? That's neat. I love it. That, that's my hope for my podcast on, at work, that people will start sending it to their friends and say, oh, this is what it means to be a sterile processing tech. Right. You know, that's, yes. that's so cool. <laughs> and building that internal pipeline too, right? Right. Getting people excited about what they do and sharing it. I think that's, that's meaningful too. So I oh love my it. gosh, it's such a good, it's such a good method of employee recognition. Just like people having the spotlight in them and knowing that they are valued and important enough for you to ask them about their job. I love it. Well, Amber, how did you discover HR Social Hour and what's been the most powerful thing that you've learned in taking part in our community? So I actually learned about it, I think, all the way back in Next Chat, like when okay. that was a thing on Twitter, as I saw that come up and I'm a podcast freak. I love them. <laughs> I think I have like 30 <laughs> podcasts and I'm always like, oh, what's this new one? And so I started listening and I just love it because... There's information in there, but I got to know so many just cool people, valuable people, people with a lot of ideas, and I was really connected with that. So that's how I learned about it and got very excited about it. I have gotten so much, so many ideas, and then also just support, you know, when we're all kind of going through things and, you know, when you when you kind of do the work that I do, I tend to be a one one to three person band. And so to have that community out there that has some ideas that has, you know, that has your back is amazing. I love it. Amber, one of the things we did in 2021 was start crowdsourcing questions. We had so much fun doing it. And I know people enjoyed providing questions to us that we're going to continue that in 22. So in this case, Steve Brown asked, what makes you laugh the most? <laughs> And don't say Steve Brown, please. (laughs) Honestly, my kids, but I have two 14 year olds and they're, they're at that stage, have a boy and a girl. And they're at that stage where they're not really kids and they're not really adults. And so I hear them say things that they think are very adult and like, I am serious about this, but it's just hilarious. Like, it's just hilarious to say, you know, to see that coming out of a 14 year old and, they don't quite know how the words go together yet. And I have to, <laughs> I have to bite my lip a little bit. <laughs> they, they crack me up. I love them. I think with, as the person with the oldest children here, that doesn't change at 21 and 18. Unfortunately. 
I'm sure Wendy well, probably I thought when they were little people. and they would say just weird stuff. I was like, oh, I'm going to miss when that goes away. And I was like, oh, it's not going away. It does not go away, does it? <laughs> no. Well, with that, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This episode of the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast is brought to you by Bowling Green State University. If the last two years have taught us anything, it's the importance of being agile and open to change. Bowling Green State University is a world leader in providing graduate education to working professionals in organization development and change. In fact, in 2019, BGSU launched one of the only professional doctorate programs in the country focused on organization development and change. Both the master's and doctorate degree programs are designed for working professionals and blend the convenience of virtual learning with regularly scheduled in-person weekends a few times a year. The BGSU graduate programs in organization development and change provide students with practical skills and help them grow from a subject matter expert to a sought-after thought leader. To learn more about the master's and doctorate programs in organization development and change at Bowling Green State University, visit bgsu.edu mod. Thanks again to Bowling Green State University for sponsoring the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. And now, back to the show. And we are back. Amber, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the Half Hour Question Connection. It's a new year, so it's time for a few new questions. We kept some of our favorites. We brought in some um, some new ones. So, first question. This has become my favorite. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Um, I wanted to be a teacher and a writer, and now I'm both. I like you, and you're doing <laughs> I it. Courses and I do classes. <laughs> what did you want to write as a as a kid? Um, I actually wanted to be a fiction writer, um, oh. and I do do that uh, as a hobby. But um, you know, professionally, I write I write courses now, and I write policies. <laughs> fiction policies, you know, you throw some I stories mean, in there every once in a while. Illustration, you know, to illustrate your point. <laughs> That's an excellent point. <laughs> they were closer than I thought they were. Amber, who's one person you've gained your network in the last year that you think more people should know? Deb Gallo, uh, Deborah Gallo, is a fellow um, L&D leader. And I think the ideas that she has specifically around new hire onboarding and executive development are very forward thinking. I definitely think that more people should be following her for, for L&D info. Amber, if you could go back to the start of your career, what's one piece of advice you would give yourself based on what you know now? Uh, two things I think I would say. One is that the the people who told me, you know, the people who will tell you, Amber, through your career that you're not good enough for something are 100% wrong. I actually had several people in during my career say you'll never lead an organ you'll never lead an L and D organization, and they were wrong. <laughs> so that's one thing that I would say. Um, the other thing that I would tell a younger me is that the 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 community building is the number one most important thing for for your career. And I don't just mean like you know getting ahead in the career. I just mean for the fullness and the fulfillment in your career. Amber, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR and L&D communities? So I do two things. With that, with the e-learning guild, I actually do volunteering to design courses for nonprofits. And then on the more HR side, I have been volunteering with Dress for Success, 
for the last 10 years um, in North Carolina. And I am on the coaching side of the house. We have a coaching side and then we have um, a styling um, boutique side. So I'm on the coaching side. I help with teaching classes on volunteering, doing trauma-informed classes around professional boundaries and professionalism, um, and then resume writing. Very cool. Amber, what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie of all time is the 1996 version of Pride and Prejudice with Colin Firth. Ah. I think that has come up once before. I feel like it has, yeah. Yes. No other versions. <laughs> just that version. Just that version. Just that version. <laughs> Always makes me feel better on a bad day. That's Colin Firth, so yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> And I think that's why it was mentioned before. I think so. Yeah. What's your favorite or most memorable live performance you've ever attended? Okay. 19, when was this? 1998, my first concert ever. I went to go see Korn live. I'm a big heavy metal fan. And uh, I went to go see Korn and their show blew my socks off. It was absolutely amazing. I couldn't hear for two days afterward, but I did not care. <laughs> Fantastic. I had bruises. It was fine. Wow. First mosh pit. First. I was say, were you moshing? <laughs> yeah, I, I would hope so. You'll go to a corn concert and sit in the back, John. I've never been to a corn concert, so I don't know. <laughs> who else is on the bill with corn at a show like that? You said '98. Like who Slip else not. have been there? Slip. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. They huh. were touring together. That's fairly early in Slipknot's career, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So they were the headliners, but Corn that was kind of their top their of peak, their right? Yeah. I'm learning all kinds of things tonight. <laughs> love it, love it. All right, Amber, if you could be on any TV show, either as a character or as yourself, which would it be and why? Oh my gosh, I know this. This question was made for me. <laughs> I want to be in Mad Men. Okay. And I want to slap Don Draper in the face <laughs> every episode. I want to be the HR person who comes in and is like, stop it. You can't do that. And just smacks him upside the head. That's what I want to do. Because that's professional HR to slap people. Right? Well, violence in the workplace, whatever. <laughs> that's in the 50s. So you know. I would say it was yeah, the time period. You, time yeah. period. you could probably get away with it. Or maybe I could just fire him every episode. That would be great. Oh, Wendy, I'm really glad we added this question because that that's a tremendous way it. to start this conversation. I, love I like it. it. Yes. I like it. <laughs> Amber, it's Amber Sour Day all around the world. What are we doing to celebrate? Ooh, what would we be doing? Okay, we're, we're number one, we're going to brunch. Well, first of all, we're sleeping until like nine o'clock. <laughs> and then we're going to brunch. Mimosas are a must. We'll have all the bacon. And then we'll probably go work at a community garden for a while. I'm a big vegetable gardener. Oh. Um, I raise I raise like 20% of our food in our garden. And I love just going off and doing that um, for the community at food cupboards and things like that. So we'll probably go do some of that. Um, and then we'll probably go take a hike That's and then have a beer good. and then we're done. Uh, we're not going to mosh? That early. No mosh pits? No mosh pits. <laughs> I don't need to subject other people to um, to my version of music. I think you would have some takers from the HR community. I think some cool. would go with you. Um, well, whoever wants to go, we can go. Yeah, you would you absolutely have, have takers in this community. Yeah. I might be the old lady in the back, but. 
and I'm next to her. Yeah. But Paul alone's right up front with you, yeah. I guarantee. Oh, yeah, you guys. I guarantee. Nice. Love it. All right. Finally, Amber, um, as you know, we're outsourcing some of our work. So if you could ask the next guest of the podcast any question, what would it be? I think I would ask, what are we not talking about as an HR community? What are we afraid to talk about as an HR community that we really need to talk about? That's a good question. One I'm glad I don't have to answer. <laughs> yeah, I'll give the hard one to somebody else. <laughs> exactly. Amber, back way back when we used to say you survived the question connection, you did survive the, the newest edition yes. of the question connection. I'm really glad that we've added some of these questions because I, those answers were tremendous. And awesome. I'm looking forward to seeing how others respond because I want to see if other people want to smack around bad people. <laughs> but I, I can't thank you enough for, first off, just being around. Like Again, we've, we feel like we've known you for so long. I'm so glad we finally talked and had a conversation to say, we got to get together and talk about some of the really cool stuff you've done and are doing. I know most of the listeners are probably connected with you, but if they are not, best way for them to reach you out there? Uh, Twitter and LinkedIn. I'm on both of those all the time. We'll have both of those in the show notes. And then Wendy, how about you? Best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. And of course, second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern time, you will find me on Twitter as part of our twice monthly HR social hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, thanks to our friends at Bowling Green State University mm-hmm. Graduate Programs in Organization Development and Change. Appreciate them being back on board. Look for that special episode with them soon. And as for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman and for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, review, share, follow. The most important thing you can do to help us out, check marks, buttons, whatever you have, whatever platform you're listening, just click that follow, get a new episode every week. We always appreciate that. International listeners, we are into 22. We want to set a new record for international guests this year. Uh-huh. So let's reach out. Let's talk. Amber will tell you it's fairly painless. I may even send you the stuff you need beforehand just to be sure. <laughs> but regardless, we do want to have you take part and, and please reach out. and Let's start those conversations. Yes. Amber, again, really appreciate your time being with us. And so for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, the first episode of 2022, Ooh. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon.